You are listening to the Fully Deconverted Podcast. Disenfranchising dogma for the greater good. Find out more by visiting FullyDeconverted.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or Twitter. And now, on with the show. What's up, everybody? Fully Deconverted here, and uh, welcome to our second event, live interview. And I am joined here by... Nargis. Nargis, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Joe. Um, I want to be able to introduce you to the audience just a little bit. Can we start off by summarizing in a brief way, where do you stand religiously? Where are you on the faith-based spectrum? Mm. I feel like there is no really... Um... I don't really like to put myself in certain box. Yeah. I don't really, really like to, I'm not really ascribed to anything at all. Like I'm, if you want to call me anything, you can, you can, but I don't really follow a system, a set of rules. Like even for a while, I thought I'm an atheist, mm. but even, even that, it it's, um, implies certain things that you kind of, you know, have to follow our beliefs and I yeah. feel like I'm kind of everywhere but at the same time I do not really believe in a religion yeah. like I'm not religious whatsoever yeah yeah awesome all right so let's get into a little bit about your backstory to get to know you a little bit more where are you from I'm from Saudi Arabia yeah why are you here I'm here for school I got a scholarship I came actually at first because I had uh, I went to the English Language Center just to learn English. And then uh, I, you know, I applied for a scholarship and I got in the university. Yeah, that's basically why. Awesome. All right, great. How are you enjoying America so far? I'm enjoying I'm loving it. I want to move here. <laughs> <laughs> well, why do you enjoy it so much? Is Saudi Arabia not a... Uh, why not? Why not Saudi Arabia? Well, it's, it's like I found myself here. Mm. I've never really... Like, I went to places before coming here, but it, it was all with my family in groups. Like, I never really was alone. Yeah. Ever. Like, even, like, having a single room, you know, by myself, I've never had that till I came here. Yeah. Even in the very first couple semesters, I used to live with my sister, so we used to sleep in the same bedroom, even here. When she left and graduated, that's when I really started living, you know, independently, by myself and that's how I felt like I was born reborn again yeah, here yeah. and that's why I feel like it's a home almost yeah so where's your sister at now she's in Philly she went back home uh, for you know to apply for jobs and stuff like that that yeah. didn't work out so she came back again and did her master back to the states yeah okay. yeah all right cool um and how long have you been in the states then I came here 2013, October, mm. yeah, and I went for a vacation a couple times in, to Saudi, yeah, to see my family and visit and stuff like that. What was it like going back? Every time it's different. Yeah. Every time it's different, because a couple, cha couple changes happened, but every time it's different. One time I went there, I really enjoyed it, like I missed it so much. Another time I went there, I didn't feel like I had enough time. But, you know, with days and months passing by, I started feeling like I'm a guest there. I'm, not, I'm no longer, you know, one of them, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of a weird feeling. What's the distinction you're drawing there? 
-hmm. you're no longer one of them. Mm -hmm. Is are you inferring to some sort of personal change that you've yes. gone through that makes you see yourself separate than them? And if so, uh, tell me a little bit about that. Yes, and 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 that's not only that I feel that way, but they also confirm that feeling to me. Like they feel that too. They feel okay. I changed. Yeah. Although, like, I don't feel like I changed as a person, as a human. I do. I, I am the same. It's just that right now I'm expressing my ideas and my feelings to the outside world mm -hmm. more than I did before. And that to them may, you know, they're not familiar with that at all. Like my family, they're not familiar with that. So to them, I did change a lot. And here, I don't really belong to, cause like other people know, right? You know, the moment I speak, oh, look at your accent, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you're not here, you're, you're not from here, you're international. Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, you know, where's home? Home Saudi, and then when I go there, it's the same thing. It's like a loop. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I get that. Um, all right. What is what is one difference between living in Saudi Arabia and the states? To me, it's opportunities because there there are so many stuff that you. There are a lot of opportunities for, in, you know, for women in Saudi, especially women like me, you know, who just want to seek opportunities, you know, don't mind about what my father, if my father okay with it or not, I, I can find something in a week. Oh. But at the same time, because you're not really, I'm not really independent over there. I live under my parents' roof, so I got to respect that and their rules, you know, and it's a lot to go through. But here... I don't have to ask anybody for permission to go outside. I don't have to tell anybody where am I right now. Like I can go everywhere, anywhere, anytime. <laughs> why? Why do you have to do that over there? Why do you have to do that with your family? Help! Help us out. Yeah, it's it's the it's the culture, it's the tradition, it's the religion, all of that together. They're very strict in women and my family, especially. They're not very open-minded. They're very religious. So and they love tradition too. Like they follow tradition very strictly. And to them, all of that together, they, it's very important for them. If they didn't follow these rules, it all going to go apart, basically. Yeah. yeah, it's not going to be, we're not going to be successful. They're not going to be successful. They just, you know, feel more comfortable following what they know. So what happens if you're over in Saudi Arabia, you never came to the States, you're still living mm -hmm. in Saudi Arabia, mm -hmm. and you decide you want to do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. How will your family react? What does that look like? What will happen? Let's say, hey, mom and dad, I'm moving out. Mm. What happens? Well, that actually did happen to me. Okay. Last summer, <laughs> I went, <laughs> it's not really, you know, um, an imagine, imagination here right now. I, it did happen last summer. And that's when really uh, my parents, it might, even my dad said that to me, asked me the question, what made you, or what made you, what, how your thinking and belief really changed and deconverted from a path, uh, a certain path to another, you know, what, what make, what makes your brain change? That's how, like, it's different to say it in Arabic, but it was about that meaning, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it just changed a lot. And I, I didn't go there for like three years before I, I went last summer. So that was my, you know, longest time being away from home. 
and a lot of things. I, I, I got to experience a lot of things. I traveled alone. I went to places. I met a lot of people. I had, I went in a relationship for the first time ever. And all of that really, I got to experience things I never experienced before. So I was way more open and I changed, especially in, you know, beliefs uh, side and all of how I think and all of that. So when I went there, I wanted to come back because I didn't feel comfortable expressing myself and they can see the changes in me, Yeah. you know, the way I'm speaking and all of that. And they knew about certain stuff I did here. So they did not want me to come back basically, not just moving out, but they did not want me to come back even. And they wouldn't allow me to move out at all they no matter you know even if I'm you know gonna provide everything for myself I'm not you're not responsible for me at all they would not approve for that whatsoever yeah um you've recently taken up a new activity here in the states and you and I were just talking about mm -hmm. this on the elevator ride up mm -hmm. um What's this new activity you're getting involved in? Driving! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so is driving over there in Saudi Arabia the same as driving over here? What are some differences between Saudi Arabia oh, and Oh, totally. States? Like, I, I, you know, it's driving here is amazing. Over there, I don't think I'm ready. Yeah. to drive over there although they like they allowed it now you know everybody so excited and i'm excited for everybody but i don't know about me driving there it's like people drive really recklessly you know i'm gonna be honest yeah. about this and it's just always traffic is always horrible it's always busy and yes i can't imagine people just you know like you wouldn't have really one lane yeah. Not really, no. A lot of people just would try to get in the lane. It's always like that. <laughs> now, have women always been able to drive in Saudi Arabia? No, no, that's recently changed. So, yeah, very recently. Up until recently, mm -hmm. women haven't been able to drive. Mm -hmm. oh, why not? Do you, do you, is there a clear reason why? Uh, well, it is really like the government say, oh, uh, it's the people, you know, it's the people who don't want to go through that and people say oh the government are not allowed us because a lot of girls tried to go to go and drive but was you know taken to the literally was you know taken to the police and had a couple stuff to go through like when this girl her name is Lujen Hedlun this girl tried to find a gap in the system and she basically driven from Dubai, I believe, or Qatar, or outside of Bahrain, but it's in the Gulf, right? She tried to get inside Saudi with her car and she's driving. She have a license, she have international license. That's how she tried to find the gap mm. in the system because she already have an international license and they would approve that for anybody, but she's a woman. So when she got in there, she was also documenting it inside the car and she had a couple, I think, journalists or something like that contacting her. And because of all of that, they called her a terrorist because she was trying to get in and kind of break the laws. And By so, driving a car. Yes, yes. <laughs> right now, you look at look at everybody. Everybody's cheering that decision of making women to drive. Why should a woman be able to drive a car? Why not? <laughs> That's the question. Why not? <laughs> so up until recently, women have not been able to drive vehicles 
or drive at all mm -hmm. in Saudi Arabia, now they are. Mm -hmm. That strikes me as a, as Saudi Arabia, as a state saying, um, women are not going to be legally able to perform the same actions as men. Um, why were they, why were they never able to drive? Is it how they see women? Mm. Is it their beliefs about women? Well, Is it's it, like... What, what makes that rule? Because they have, uh, they think that it's going to open up a big door for women, like to go outside and see, you know, they can literally travel right now because they have the car, right? They can travel anywhere with the car, but it's the same thing. They, they're not thinking about the car as like anything. And if you, you know, if you're not driving it, you can do it with a driver. I know a lot of girls who, you know, traveled with a car with a driver, you know, it's really not, not that much of a difference, but a lot of people really get scared I really get not comfortable. Why? What's going to oh, happen? If they, you know, they only have negative possibilities. You know, they only think about negativity. Like, oh, she could, you know, get outside and she could not come back. Maybe she would, we wouldn't know where she really going. You know, if we drove her and took her to a certain places, we would know where she's going. But if she's driving by herself, maybe she's going, you know, to a boyfriend, to somebody else. Like, a lot of people... Like, I can't speak about what people thinking, but I heard a lot of stuff like that, you know? They, they're afraid, where are you gonna go? And, oh, a lot of people say this excuse, oh, the, the car might stop, and then who's gonna help her, right? Another guy, maybe, in the, in the street. Oh, what's gonna happen then to her, you know? They just get scared, and they think, they really, uh, they really, get this idea of uh, guardianship. Guardianship law, I feel like it has so much to do with that. What is guardianship law? Guardianship law is only for women. And it's basically, no matter if you're married, you're not married, you're a mom, it does not matter of the age, you're, you're always gonna have a guardianship uh, law, you know, which is a guardian. A guardian, it, it gotta be a male, it cannot be a female. It's either your husband, your father, your brother, if your father died, and if you're married, it's your husband, and if your husband died, it's your uncle or your, you know, somebody relative to you. Why does a woman need a guardian? Well, it's really because of the culture, but there's also another hadith, which is a prophet saying, I don't know if it's strong, but that saying said that a woman have to have a permission from Wali Amr, which is a guardian, right? To give her permission to travel and other stuff. But like in Islam, it's really, it wasn't really, it's not really that certain and precise about that. It's not really an obligation for women to have. But the culture, the Arab culture, and in Saudi Arabia in particular, that's just how they always have been doing it. Like since I was born, I had my father who was my guardian. And when I came here, just because I had the scholarship, one of the requirements for me to have the scholarship is to have a guardian. If I was a male, I would take the scholarship and just go travel. But I could not do that. I gotta have my brother coming with me or my father. My father couldn't do it, you know, because he had a family and stuff like that. How could he leave everything and come, you know? So my brother came with me and it doesn't, the funny thing, 
With the scholarships, it does not matter if that guardian go to school or anything like that. He will literally get paid just to come with me mm-hmm. and guard me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So women are just now able to drive mm-hmm. in Saudi Arabia. Um, the guardianship rule is still in effect? Yes, it's still effective, yeah. Um, if you're a woman, you need a guardian mm-hmm. in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Especially to do legal stuff. Yeah. You know, some guardians are open-minded, so they would let a lot of stuff happen very fast and they would help, you know, their sister or their wife or whatever. But other are strict. They don't, they use it to control you. And so it's really sad how it really depends on your fortune. If you're lucky, you're going to have a good guardian who would help you and not hinder you, not, you know, be an obstacle, basically. But if you're not lucky, you're... Literally, you're going to have trouble educating. You're going to have trouble in so many areas in your life. It sounds like um, being an independent woman or the phrase independent woman is an Mm -hmm. oxymoron Mm -hmm. for any woman living in Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. Um, Does a woman, can a woman Mm -hmm. achieve full independence in Saudi Arabia? They do, no matter of how all of these things, that's the thing, that's what makes, I believe, that's what makes Saudi women very strong. Because with all these rules, with all these rules that can sit you behind and make you just sit down at home doing nothing, they still do and do more things that sometimes men in Saudi Arabia do. That's how, where I grew up with the environment, although my parents, both of them very strict, and my dad very, very strict, you know, and like giving permissions and all of that. But no matter of all of that, I can see my mom very independent. Like she would do groceries, she would go out and does everything for us, even for my dad. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I, I believe, yeah, they can. Okay. Um, even though they would still technically be under a guardianship? Yeah, yeah. There is a lot of things that you kind of, we learn how to go around it, you know, like that's another thing that when I tell you, like that's what makes us strong. It's like, you know what you shouldn't get caught up with, right? So you try literally to go around it. So right now I'm here, I'm living alone, obviously. You know, my guardian is not here, you know? And that's not allowed, yes, but I found my way around it, you know? My guardian was here for uh, two years or actually more, and they did give him a scholarship, you know, but like it's, the, his scholarship is different. Like you, they give you a certain amount of time. You need to get, you know, to get a TOEFL or IELTS, which is an English uh, test, you know, that proof that you eligible basically to use the language. If you did not pass that, you only have a couple months, you know, either you're gonna sit down and just be a guardian, and but you get paid or you're gonna go home, which, if he got home and notified them, they could cancel my scholarship. But he did not notify them, thankfully. So that's why I'm here alone, you know? So now you get the hang out of America. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you found your way around, basically. I'm not sure if I would be the happiest camper mm-hmm. if I was a woman living in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. I hate rules telling mm-hmm. me what to do. I hate rules determining my future. I hate rules determining the obstacles I have to go through mm-hmm. just to be like uh, equal, like somebody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. 
this is not okay with me. Mm -hmm. um, and therefore, uh, just hearing about some of these rules, mm -hmm. what a woman has to do, and even to achieve activity levels equal to that of men in their society. Mm -hmm. um, already lost where I was going with that. <laughs> like it, it, uh, it, it makes me feel like women are not as important as men. So for whatever reason, those laws and rules were created. I don't know. Um, I feel like maybe they're just slowing women down mm -hmm. in Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. What do you think? There is this theory. I think it's the conflict theory or something like that, if I'm not mistaken, but I remember the definition, right? So the theory said, in order for the people in power to keep their power and to feel empowered about themselves, they make sure that to call other people who get out of, you know, outside the rule or they don't follow the rules, deviant and they're bad, you know, and they're not misbehaving, they're misbehaving. So they basically, that's how they define women, you know, as, um, you know, you should listen to your husband, you should listen to that and this. And they made these rules as an obligation, you know, that's a norm over there. So that's how they keep their power, I think. That's yeah. how, you know, um, any guardian keep their power. Like, let's just be, let's talk about like the inside before the government itself, you know. That's why I do believe that the society likes that, you know. Not just the government, the society do like that. A lot of people do, you know. But that's the reason, because they get to keep their power and they feel empowered about themselves. In Christianity, um, the man is uh, the, the head of the woman. Mm -hmm. the, the man, and even in tradition, um, maybe generally speaking, Western tradition, the man is the head of the household. Mm -hmm. In Christian tradition, um, the man leads the wife. Mm -hmm. The man is over the wife. Mm -hmm. uh, the husband is over the wife. Uh, man is the glory of God, uh, woman is the glory of man. Mm. So this is a hierarchy painted. Now, I imagine any Christian listening to this right now um, who might think that they're progressive is up in arms in their mind mm. saying, that's not how we see it. Men and women are equal mm. and uh, we just maybe have our different roles mm. and we're to submit one to, it, one to the other. Mm. There's no hierarchy, but yet man is still over the woman. Mm. Woman came from the rib yes. of a man. Yeah, we have the same thing, actually. Do you? Yeah, yes. okay, so the yeah. same, all right. Yeah. Um, so there seems to be a hierarchy here, and I can't help but think it goes right along with what, how you're characterizing mm. um, the society in Saudi Arabia, mm. where, hey, perhaps in order for men, the government, society at large, to feel empowered, mm -hmm. they have to have an external group mm -hmm. which to oppress. Yes. And, um, and I can see how that would make one feel powerful, my goodness. Mm -hmm. If I was a bully, like, mm -hmm. same kind of thing here. Mm -hmm. So my question is, are women equal to men? What do you think? I think, yes, they are equal. It, yes, we are different, but it doesn't mean we, are, we can't be equal, you know? What if I told you? Mm. No, uh, you have to submit to me. Mm -hmm. 
How does it make you feel? No, just no. Does it feel good inside I'm or bad period. inside? It's just, no, I wouldn't feel anything. I'm kind of yeah. used to that, you know? People yeah. try to convince me to do what they want me to do, but I never do, so. Yeah. <laughs> so well, come really, on with what you're saying about women being equal with men. Yeah, I think uh, we all human, and I don't see why we wouldn't be equal, you know? We all human. Yeah. Sometimes I even say, that's maybe kind of obnoxious to say, but Sometimes I even feel that we're similar to animals, so why wouldn't we be equal? Yeah. We all human. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you ever get the sense that not everybody thinks that? Yes, definitely. Yeah. What type of people think that? What group of people? What comes to mind? Uh, traditional people. Traditional people, yeah. Yeah. Because um, I, can't, I can't say just older people, just traditional people, because I've seen older people who think that women and men are equal. I've seen younger people who think that. So, yeah. So what is it about tradition then in regards to women being equal with mm -hmm. men that kind of holds us back then? Whereas you can still have an old person or a young person or anything mm -hmm. um, that doesn't hold on to those traditions. Mm -hmm. And we find them saying men and women are equal. Well, the the way they define what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a man is just being stronger, you know, being uh, capable of doing, fixing stuff and doing, you know, a lot of things, you know, or what it means to be a woman, or it means to be, you know, maybe sensitive, emotional, and all of these stuff. And they, and after they're, you know, set each of these definition for each gender, then they kind of prioritize what really matter. Oh, you know, you gotta be intelligence matter more than emotions. And then if you say that and set these description to each gender, then who is more, you know, who's number one then? I feel like that's how I see it. That's, how, that's why these people maybe think like that, but I don't know. <laughs> But you personally think you're equal to a man. Yeah. You're just as important as a man. Yes. Yeah. Um, let's change topics here mm -hmm. for just a second. Let's shift gears. Okay. Um, religion. You said you don't really uh, put yourself into a box. Mm -hmm. You don't really fall under a label, that sort of thing. This is not your most comfortable place to be. Um, why not? Why aren't you um, Muslim? Why aren't you Christian? Why aren't you any of these things or whatever it is that you were surrounded around growing up? Mm. Why aren't you that? Because uh, a lot of things. Like I, 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 the way I experienced a lot of things, I got to see good sides and bad sides to whatever it's, it is, you know, whether it's Islam or it's Christianity. I see how it's, I think it's human created. And I saw a lot of bad results, you know, because of that, mm. you know, personally affected me, you know, and I saw, you know, other people who were affected as well from because of the same thing. You know, I'm not saying oh, really because of religion, everything is bad happening because of the religion. It's really the people, you know, a lot of religion have really good purpose and good thing behind them but the way the system works about these religions they always 
try to create a system and set of rules. And these rules, sometimes they don't just have benefits on you personally, but benefits on other people and like, you know, politics or um, just other people. How would they benefit from you believing in certain ideas? Almost like voting, basically. And that's why I don't feel like I want to ascribe to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. What's um, what's one thing you really don't care for about organized religion or anything that you've been exposed to? Um, that I'm not comfortable with? Yeah. Something that turns you off and says, for that reason, I'll never become a Christian. For that reason, mm -hmm. I'll never be a Muslim or um, uh, convert yeah, to Judaism. I think, I think kind of labeling. I feel like a lot of... Well, I'm, I am familiar with other religions, but I'm going to mainly here talk about Islam because that's where I grew up with. Mm. So a lot of time I see that religion really, it's the reason why they're labeling others, you know? You're not doing this, then you have this term about you because, oh, you're not like, if you don't pray or like, no, let's say you believe in two gods. Right, you believe in God, Allah, and then you believe in something else. That in that in that certain situation, they would call you mashrik, right? That you believe in two things, and then if you did like with each uh, sin you do, you have a label. It's almost like in top of your head, you know. And if people knew that you're doing this, they would call you that too. And I just don't like. I'm not. I'm, I'm very not comfortable with somebody labeling me just because of one act or two that I did. I think it creates racism and discrimination, definitely discrimination. And I don't think there is any God or religion or any good in the world can, you know, result, can be a consequence after that if you discriminate people. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> is there anything that attracts you to religion and let's say Islam? Well, um, morals, some morals and some um, good behaviors, like uh, they encourage a lot of good things, especially in Ramadan. Next, Ramadan is coming next month. What is Ramadan? Ramadan is uh, basically a month where you fast. And it's really not just about fasting, you know, from food, but it's it really about having that mentality and mindset to be patient. You know, because food, little bit, I love food, right? Yeah, who doesn't? So, <laughs> so imagine, imagine you're not going to eat at all, like, right? Not at all, but like from the sunset till the sun, from the sunrise till the sunset, you got to break, you know, you got to fast. So um, it really kind of make you train your brain to control whatever you want and whatever you're desiring to feel those other who cannot have what you have, you know, who don't have these, um, these stuff in front of them, whether it's food or something else. It's really more metaphoric mm -hmm. fasting. So I love Ramadan. I love the idea behind it, definitely, because every single Ramadan, really Muslims and in their religion, it says that, you know, you to encourage you very much to be patient and train yourself into, into doing goods for yourself and for others. Like by the end of the month, you should uh, donate stuff for poor people, any any poor person, you know, if you're not comfortable with that, you know, to a charity, do any charity work. So I just 
that's very much you know humanitarian and good and um i love that yeah, yeah. there are good things um about organized religion and bad things about organized religion mm -hmm. i think one of the bad things about organized religion is the different areas in our life that it invades and says, now we have control here. Yeah. Now we have a say here mm -hmm. in what you do, how you perform, mm -hmm. your appearance, mm -hmm. um, even your thoughts. Mm -hmm. If you reveal to some body or religious people or that sort of thing, have been thinking this way, sometimes you, there's a negative consequence to this, mm -hmm. right? Because um, now people have opinions, and now they kind of know you're not so much like them. And if you deviate too much further, there's going to be more consequences. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, I do not like organizations, institutions, and especially something that is faith-based. Something that is based only on belief. You cannot be certain about this, actually. Mm -hmm. But you organize your life around this idea... And you, number one, say, yes, it should have control over me. Mm -hmm. And I will not resist it. Mm -hmm. And it should have control over you. And you mm -hmm. ought not resist it. Because mm -hmm. if you do, uh, you're bad, you're a sinner. Mm -hmm. Don't you know you're going to go to hell? Uh -huh. um, you're going to have judgment. And whatever else comes out of my mouth to say to this person, that dehumanizes them. Mm -hmm. What are some things in your life that you do not appreciate um, that religion seeks to have control over. Mm -hmm. um, you're definitely right about like, it's like I can totally relate what you're saying. I can feel every every single world, you know, like religion just seems like to get in every aspect, in every angle in, in my life. You know, that's how I live. You know, your appearance, your outside, your inside, what you eat, what you, how you behave, who you talk to, um, where you go, you know, um, what do you listen to? What do you, everything literally how you think you know it's just to me that's i'm sorry but it's so tiring you know <laughs> yeah. to follow every single rule and and every step you do you know yeah you gotta say like yes you gotta say right things we gotta say good things you know i i do believe you know not cursing and not saying bad things to others that can hurt them but even how do i i dress you know it's like, when am I going to be me? When am I going to be fully in control of what I want to do and how I want to behave? And when can I express what is good? You know, if, if I only told enough, if I'm only doing what I'm told to do, it's just very tiring and very hard. Yeah. I feel like you're always going to be a sinner. Yeah. If you really look look you know deeply enough, mm. you'll find something you're sinning right away. Even if you are a believer, yeah, yeah. Even even when I when I called myself a Muslim, straight up, I used to wear a scarf and everything. I found a lot of things that I'm a big sinner, and that really made a conflict in my mind. How am I? How can I be a sinner? And but I am a believer, and I don't want to sin, but to me, they're not, like, I don't feel like this, what I'm doing is it, it is a sin. Like, let's take music, for example. Music, it, it says it, 
in Islam, it's haram, right? And my parents, both of them, do, do not listen to music whatsoever. Oh, no. Yes, and I love music. Yeah. I love music. I used even to sneak out in another, in one of my sister's bedrooms to, so we can listen to music. Yeah. Yeah, I just love the music dancing. I just want to dance, you know, I just love it. Yeah. So much energy and happiness. Why would that be wrong? Absolutely. I cannot see why, you know, I never really believed it. No matter how much they told me, oh, you can get like awful things. You know, you, you can get like lead inside your ears in hell after life because you're doing this over and over, you know, and you're not feeling any shame and guilt because I always say I don't feel any bad things happening because of this at all. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's something I totally not you know don't appreciate music, which some people interrupted it differently and says, oh, music is not really haram or it's not really um, prohibited. It it can be good, you know, if it's saying just good things, you know, like halal music. Right now, there's uh, this uh, group of hip hoppers creating this halal music. They're literally taking same beats, same everything, but kind of altering a couple of the lyrics and making them more Islamic, you know, in order for them to enjoy music. Mm. And I love it. I love yeah. the idea, definitely. But in the same time, why can't we just listen to everybody else's too? You know, that's yeah. my, that's our expression of music maybe. But what about other people expressing themselves through music? I want to listen to that too. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I've been in very conservative Christian circles, liberals, Christian circles. Mm. Now I'm out of the Christian circles. <laughs> but um, I've seen uh, a progressive cultural spectrum where no music, can't listen to music, mm -hmm. same, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you can listen to music, it must be Christian music. Mm -hmm. Your radio must mm -hmm. be a Christian station. Mm -hmm. Um, back when CDs was a thing, mm -hmm. like you, they better be Christian CDs. Yeah. Um, and even then we still don't trust them. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and then you have your liberal, you can listen to Christian and other music. Mm -hmm. You don't have to listen to Christian music. You can listen to whatever you want. God doesn't judge you and neither mm -hmm. am I. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So that spectrum exists as well, mm -hmm. which reminds me. Why doesn't God come down if God is real and say, listen, I'm going to put this to rest because mm. you guys are very passionate in each part of your own slice of the spectrum. Mm. I see how passionate you are mm. and you are dictating the activities of uh, the lives of those who are under your influence. Mm. So I'm going to make this very clear. No music. <laughs> why wouldn't God do that? Yeah. Or why wouldn't God say... Hey, it's all good. So the problem is, first of all, we know God's not going to do that because God doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. God does not appear. The mm -hmm. reason why we say this is because we have no experience of that. Mm -hmm. um, we only read about it. Mm -hmm. And what we're reading about is somebody's claims of a revelation. So that's no longer a revelation when we hear about it. Mm -hmm. Now it's just hearsay. Mm -hmm. Not only that, when we write it down in, in words, translate it into different languages, over a thousand years of culture, mm -hmm. all that, now all of a sudden everything's open up to interpretation, even though God's word is unchanging mm -hmm. and without error. Mm -hmm. But you still get everybody on the spectrum. Exactly. What do we do about that? How do we respond? I really don't know how to solve that because uh, 
you know, how can you make something unchangeable? You know what I mean? Like, how can you take, like, let's say, okay, if God saying never change, right? Will it work for every single, you know, spectrum? Will it work for every single, you know, arrow? Because people change, life change right now. Like we're living in these high buildings. We never, you know, imagined we would one day when we were, you know, back in days. So it got a little bit, it got to be, it got to change. You know, a lot of people say right now, it's starting to be like that. Last time I went to Saudi, it was like that. A lot of people started, religious people like sheikhs, which is a, a religious educator, right? They started talking about how like, we need to talk about new things, like what, young people are doing. Let's talk about that, right? Where religion really don't, never really mention this stuff because they were never- Yeah, there's never, no hip hop in there. Yeah, because they were, <laughs> they were not existed at that time. No so hip hop existed 1500 years ago, <laughs> but it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> so they gotta, you know, change it a little bit so people still follow, will still believe, will still read about it because they can relate. But if it's all unrelatable, would you still have believers? I don't know about that. All right. <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah, and here's why. Because people don't really read it. <laughs> they don't really read it. I think yeah, the inf- don't. Yeah, yeah I, I think the actual influence, which creates conversions and um, conversions into the religions, mm-hmm. the initiating religions like Islam and Christianity, is somebody has influence over you. They, tells you, they tell you a story. Mm-hmm. They say, hey, you're sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you didn't know that, mm-hmm. but you're sick. Good news, though, I've got the cure. Mm-hmm. Um, the only problem is I'm going to need you to believe everything I'm saying right now in, for, in order for all of this to work. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, you will die. Mm -hmm. And worse than that, your eternity will be uh, torment. Mm -hmm. But again, I need you to believe me. And then, now, regardless of how that conversation right there actually happens, Mm -hmm. uh, people, and there's one part I left out. Mm -hmm. The one part I left out is, hey, yeah, I got the cure to help you. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but when you die, as long as you believe all this actually works, um, you go to heaven and you have everything you've ever wanted. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, um, if you believe now, good things might happen to you, such as miracles and, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera, whatever, mm-hmm. good fortune, mm-hmm. God hears your prayers, all that sort of thing. But you need to believe. I think that's why conversions in faith-based belief systems mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. It's not because somebody educated themselves on the scriptures. Mm-hmm. It's because of a story, of a relationship. Um, in sales, if you want to close a deal, mm-hmm. you need to have a relationship with somebody. Mm-hmm. People today are saying Christianity is a business. Mm-hmm. Getting people in, mm-hmm. inviting them to have a chair. Mm-hmm. Eventually, when They've been there long enough. You can convince them, hey, it's a good thing to start financially contributing. Mm-hmm. And if they've already been there long enough, they might think, yeah, I've kind of been here long enough. I should probably kind of start acting like I actually believe this mm-hmm. and give money. But they don't know the scriptures. And they're not educated on the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Now, there are people who are educated on the scriptures. But en masse, people are not. 
And it only takes a simple conversation usually to realize that with somebody. Mm -hmm. I, I was surrounded a uh, long time with people who are very active with the religion. You know, they would go to basically, you know, a mosque. And they would go not only to mosque, but like con kind of conferences where they would talk about religion. I was, you know, participated in so many times with that stuff like that. Annually, I went also to a course and took uh, a course in Quran, you know, not just reading it, but accurately reading it. Mm. And so a lot of people are active, you know, and they do read and they do know, but what are they reading? Here's the question, you know, like in my parents' house, I wish I can deny this. I wish I can say that did not happen, but it, it happened so many times. You know, where I would ask questions, and you're, you're allowed to ask questions with my dad and my mom. But in the same time, how are you asking them? You know, if they can sense your question in the religion itself. Oh, alert, you know, red alert. Yeah. And if you kind of try to purchase a book, it's very hard in this society to purchase a book outside of that belief, right? There's not any books, by the way, are allowed in Saudi Arabia. You cannot read, like, I tried one time to get a book in philosophy and I could not find it anywhere. Mm. Like I Googled it, I called libraries, I could not find that. And when I asked my dad about it, he realized, oh, that's a, an atheist author. Why would you want to read that, you know? Then how can you read something from the outside in places like that? Of course, right now we have you know, internet, thank God, you know, thank God. <laughs> yeah. I'm very used to say, thank God, alhamdulillah, mashallah, wallah. But, you know, sometimes because you're really used to say stuff like that, you're just used to say them. Oh, you I say really, it all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just on the internet clarify, all, all I just want to yeah. say. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, basically a lot of, I surrounded my, like, I know a lot of people who really read, but they still believe, you know, but it's just because of, Everybody they're reading for people who, like them, believers, straight up, you know, or sometimes biased even. So that is the thing, really, you know, you got to look on both sides. You got to look and read about it from the outside, not just from the inside. And I think that's the issue, you know, not really people not reading. My dad has a library inside the house, you know, so many, like above thousands of books so many books and he literally read all of them you know and he's still a very firm believer what what kind of range of materials does he have in his library um about religion yeah. about politics but mainly religion more than half about religion yeah what do you think would happen if your father suddenly decided that in his library of innumerable books mm -hmm. half of it was about religion mm -hmm. and things that he already believes, mm -hmm. but the other half is the opposing view. Mm -hmm. How do you think that would affect him? Of course, you know, he, it, it would affect him massively, but at the same time, he got to read it with an open mind. Because you can write, read the truth, but if you're not opening your mind to listen, there's no point. So, so all right, so what does it mean to, be an op to have an open mind? Because everybody says this. Um, yeah. So I'm a deconverted Christian. Mm -hmm. So I have Christians now telling me, oh, well, keep an open mind. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what that means. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an expression, right, yes. that we say. Yeah. Um, 
But we know we're trying to communicate something.、Mm. So what does it mean to keep an to keep an open mind? Because usually, so we say this to somebody that has a, the opposite view of us.、Mm. Oh, keep an open mind.、Mm-hmm. So what should be the standard when、mm. we're keeping an open mind? How do we do that? Well, kind of to try to put yourself on the other side, to try to really, kind of make yourself blindfolded. You know, don't care about who you are, what's your gender. You know. About anything, like you literally right now, there you gotta be very objective. That's it is. That I feel like that's what it means open mind, being very objective, not being biased. Like it's very hard to do. Not being biased to yourself, not very not being subjective is very hard to do. But practicing that, it can't possibly happen, you know.、Uh, and the reason why I think like not, you know.、Um, It did happen actually a couple days ago. I was talking to my、uh, mom, and I told her thing that, in my opinion, it's a fact. You know about like how is my parents' house fun- functioning, and I told him about like I told her, you know, is this you know just ask her fact-based question, yes or no, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, is this really happening, you know, is this what what do you want to do, what do you want to Do and you know, but just me telling her basically facts and yes or no question, and we we both know what the, the answer for. She would not want to listen. She would not just. She would change change the subject. Don't want to listen to it. It bothers her. Makes her not comfortable. You know, and that's not what she used to hear. So I think, I think really, even if my dad read about the other side, which he does sometimes, he does sometimes, but when you. Very much used to what you believe in, and you very firm in what you believe. It's really hard to just because you just saw the truth, and because you just read it, to make you think, you know, open-mindedly about it. It's very hard. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going through my whole process on it. It was a couple years' experience. That two to five years, we'll call it that.、Mm. Um, okay. If you're tuning in live right now, and you got some questions. On your mind,、uh, go ahead and start forming them out. We're gonna take a short break. What's up, everybody?、Uh, second. Second go round. So I'm gonna pull this up here just in case anybody has any questions. And if you do, we'll get to addressing them、um, as I see them. So until then, though, got one more part that I want to share with you, and it's a little bit more about、um, Narjus's story. And throw us into that story. Throw us. <laughs> Throw us into—I don't even know how to introduce it, really—but it's、yeah. maybe like one of those moments、mm-hmm. where, for you, you realize you get to a certain point and you realize <sighs> religion isn't for me.、Mm-hmm. Like, is—it's—it—it can't be for me. It's、mm-hmm. not for me anymore. Like, I don't believe it. I don't live like it. I don't agree with it.、Mm-hmm. Who does? But anyways,、mm-hmm. and you just reach that moment where you kind of realize you. In your mind, you deconvert from it.、Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like for you? What, what's what's your story? 
Well, the moment that I saw that with my own eyes, it's the moment I started, like, my sense was, were obvious to my family. Yeah. You know, what I did. Like, um, a lot of sins uh, in Islam. It's not just in Islam. It's another religion, too, you know? Not covering my hair or not covering my body or the way I'm dressing, the way I'm acting. Me in a relationship, um, smoking, drinking, all of that. Um, so they somehow, my family, my parents know all of that because I was living with my brother, my guardian, right? He, he at some point, if you're really living not religiously, other people who live in the same house with you can notice, you know, they're not dumb, you know? Yeah. So, and I was, you know, going out, partying with my friends and all of that. So he saw it and he basically snitched, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> he told my family about everything. And the moment they knew, oh, you're sinning A, B, C, you did that, all of that. And none of them, as far as I know, none of them did it, right? So the moment they saw that, they saw me differently. They knew that, they saw me differently. Like when I was with my dad, before he knew, he knew I sinned all of these sins, he used to talk to me differently, way yeah. differently, because he doesn't, he did not know. Although I, by that time, I did do all of that. The only thing, the only difference, he did not know by that time. When he knew, now he's talking about me and to me differently. So your relationship with your father is now different based on the fact that your father thinks that you're sinning. Yeah, right? that you're defying the rules of the religion. Mm -hmm. Go on. Yeah, and not not only my father, you know, like all of my family you know about everything I did. Of course, I denied so many stuff because I didn't want, want to be punished. The moment I saw them, how they did not care about me as a human, they did not care about, oh, I'm their daughter, not only I'm a human, I'm, I'm their daughter, you know, and they did not care about all the days and all of the stuff that they say, the accepting, the love, all of that. They cared about following the rules. They cared about, you're a sinner, you need to be punished. The moment I, I saw that in front of my eyes, the moment I was held literally in my bedroom, you know, not allowed to go outside, they took my, my phone, they literally did not allow anybody to talk to me. They tried to do so many stuff to punish me. The moment I saw how religion and tr culture really controlling them, and I don't like to be controlled at all, you know, I don't really follow rules or anything like that. But at the same time, you know, even if I, had, I, I was to follow the rules, I'm never gonna forget I'm human, you know? So when I saw that, that my family, you know, you, you, you don't have anybody, and I, I don't think there's any stronger relationship than family you grew up with, you know? That's how you became to life. When I saw that, you know, where's the love? Where's the acceptance? Where's humanity? It disappeared. I realized I'm not a believer. I realized, you're right, I am a sinner, you're right. I'm not a religious, you know, I'm not religious. Yeah. You're right, I'm not Muslim, I'm doing all of these. You know, and I, was, and I even surrendered and I told them to punish me. You know, the way that Islam said to punish uh, people who are sexually active, people who, are, who drink, people who do this and that, you know, who do not cover, but they refuse, they want it, to punish me in their own way, right? They forced me to get married. 
they uh, did not want me to come back here. But woohoo, I'm here. <laughs> they took my passport and everything. Um, but yeah, but yeah, so basically it was a fight. And religion and tradition was behind that. That sounds like a nightmare. It is, it is. At, 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 at it what was, it was, <laughs> not is, was. <laughs> at what point did you feel like um, you were able to break free of that? Um, you're over there, mm -hmm. they realize that um, you drink alcohol, mm -hmm. you're sexually active, mm -hmm. You're having relationships, or you have a relationship, or you're, you know, wh whatever other uh, medley of things you're doing. Mm -hmm. They they lie to you and get you back to Saudi Arabia, mm -hmm. um, and then they kind of confine you mm -hmm. to like the house or yeah. maybe even a room or something. Yeah, like every time I would go out, somebody gonna be there. You know, like my mom would be there. And she would make sure, like, even when I go to the restroom, she will be there, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> How long did that go on for? Yeah, the before... whole summer. The whole summer. The whole four months. It was a four months. Yeah. I, it was not, it was not joyful whatsoever. No, absolutely not. No, it was not. <laughs> w was your mother in the restroom with you? Not inside the restroom, but, yeah. like, literally, <laughs> she can tell, um, you know, there, and there's no other exit. That yeah. I can run away from, you know. And you and you're realizing at this time, this is not for me. Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, that's how did not you get back to the states then? Because of the forced the marriage, because of the arranged marriage. You know, I kind of acted basically. You know, you want me to get married? You want me to do this and that? You know? Okay, basically. Oh yeah, I kind of acted like. I said okay about whatever they want to do just because I wanted to get out. Yeah. I tried everything possible to get out. I tried to run away. I tried to hurt myself. I tried to do everything possible to get out. The only thing that worked, acting like I'm with them in their side. That's the only thing, unfortunately, that worked with me, you know, because of my husband so cold said, okay, you can continue your education. And he did not know about anything of that too. Maybe if he knows, he would have uh, another opinion. But yeah, because of all of that, he was, you know, okay, you can go. He gave me the permission to come here. And that's how I came here. <laughs> uh, what would you tell to somebody like yourself mm -hmm. who is struggling with pleasing their family, mm -hmm. Con uh, wanting to be a part of their culture and their society, mm -hmm. but that, however, is experiencing um, this conflict of, but wait a minute, that's not how I want to live life. Mm -hmm. This is not how I want to dress. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not really okay with uh, men having the final say in how we structure our mm -hmm. society. Mm -hmm. um, what do you say to a woman that's feels like she can't move? You gotta be who you are. It's a fight. You gotta fight till the end, you know? You gotta be who you are no matter what they tell you to do. And if they really love you, they gotta accept you as who you are, you know? I I really believe, you know, I still to this day, of course my family does not whatsoever accept who I am. But I do believe that um 
we got to be who we are. You know, we got to express ourselves. You know, we're different and it's okay. You know, your family are there because they're supposed to support you and love you. You know, they brought you to the world to, to, to be loved and grow up and be who you are, not be them or somebody else's. Mm -hmm. You got to be yourself. And life is short. You never know when you're going to die, right? So let's live like it's the last day. Let's express ourselves. You know, you never know. Like a lot of girls I know, and I had this mindset before, okay, I'm going to be who I am and I'm going to express myself when I get out there, you know, when I be old and I have my own house, I can then be free to express myself. But am I guaranteed then when that happened, maybe I'm 40 years old or maybe I'm soon to die. What's the point, you know? Let's enjoy life. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Um, I'm gonna look for any questions coming up here. Not seeing any on the live stream right now. I can go um, live too if you want. <laughs> um, so, any final words? Any like? Any reserved feelings, reserved thoughts, or anything like that? Um, I'd love to have you on the show again. Mm -hmm. So we will have those opportunities. Uh, but right now, do you have any if, anything you feel like ah, I want to say, but you didn't say yet? Any one-liners or what, what you got? I don't know. There's so much in my mind yeah. right now, so I don't know <laughs> what I want to say. But yeah, keep believing in yourself, no matter what happens. It happened. Like, believe in reason, but also don't, don't think that it's happening because it's a punishment for how you're acting. Don't think, like, just act as who, who you are, you know? It's okay to be you. It's always okay to be you. Just be who you are. That's what I always like to say. Just be who you are and fight. And always speak up. Always speak up what you think is wrong and or you have inside your mind instinct that that's not right. You know, that's not okay. Just speak up, speak speak out about it. You know, don't just say, oh, it's fine because it's my family. Oh, it's fine because religion say that. Or it's fine um, because if I did not say it's fine, maybe I'm not welcomed anymore here or anything like that, you know, speak up. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better. All right, Nargis. Thanks for joining me You're on welcome. this show, Thank you. <laughs> Fully Deconverted, and um, hope people will see you in the future. You have a great story, you have a great perspective, and, um, and I think just by listening, people could learn a lot from you. So thank you for coming here to share your stories, uh, to be vulnerable, to um, assert yourself, your thoughts, your personhood, mm -hmm. and, um, and sharing that with the world out here. So thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys, for tuning in and for watching this. Um, we're going to try to go live every week with an interview. And then from that interview, of course, you've already seen, I'll be posting excerpts from that uh, for your viewing pleasure. So um, keep tuned in. And if you enjoy any of this content, you think it's valuable, um, share it. Feel free to share it and or redirect people to the group or the page. Um, and I would love to uh, see some engagement there, you know, people discussing ideas. And I will see you out there. Take care.